0: Before I read the gospel lesson, I want to share two bits of information with you that are relevant to the sermon, but also more like announcements, but I didn't really have time to do it there so the children could get to church school. The first is, I wanna share with you, if you have not seen in this week's Nassau Generations, the PCUSA, one of the podcasts of our denomination, uh, recently featured our daughter Hannah, and a conversation with Nancy Wilson, and talking about Nassau's ministry and welcome of Dan Miller, Nancy's son. It is worth, well worth listening to. It begins at minute 22 on the podcast, tip for insiders. But it tells a wonderful story about Nassau Church and its welcome. On a more personal note, on behalf of The pastors and staff of our congregation, I want to thank you for your support over the last two and three quarters years. I've told the session this, I've told our Forward in Faith folks this, I've written about this, but I've never spoken about it from here. We may be the only church staff, we certainly are the only church staff I know about who have not been um, confronted, treated rudely, or disrespected by folks who disagreed with protocols related to COVID practices. I could tell you story after story after story of colleagues who were getting it from one side or the other and couldn't please anyone. We know that not everyone agreed all the time as we moved through the last two and a half years, but when we disagreed, we did it respectfully and we did it lovingly. And I can tell you and stand before you that I had not have one Difficult conversation in the last two and three-quarters years about our church's practices. And that says something about our church and our commitment to one another. The lack of grumbling. The gospel lesson today comes from Luke, the 15th chapter, the first verse. I invite you to hear the word of God. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I've found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having 10 silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of God. The Sullivan County Fair in north central Pennsylvania has become something of a Labor Day tradition in our family. Last weekend, we were there with our granddaughter, Franny. Together with her parents, we were looking forward to 16-month-old Franny seeing the animals in the 4-H barn. There were some wee little pigs, about her size, some bigger pigs, a few really big pigs, there were, lots of, there were lots of goat, there was a goat or two, and of course several lambs, and there were lots of cows. Cows are always bigger than you think. I held Franny in my arms and watched, we watched a young woman give her award-winning cow a bath. She was using some soap or shampoo or something, so while we weren't close enough to know, I figure at least for a few minutes the cow even smelled clean. But as for the pigs and the goats and the lambs, nobody was giving them a bath. The picture must have hung in a Sunday school classroom of my youth, and maybe yours. I can see it somewhere through the dust and cobwebs of my imagination. Jesus, with just a hint of a smile, with a complexion more like mine than someone from Palestine, carrying the lamb on his shoulders. The lamb is cute and cuddly, and clean, much cleaner than those blue ribbon lambs at the fair who have been lovingly cared for by a 14-year-old whose name is Carissa. It's the picture of Jesus, the good shepherd, bearing the one sheep that was lost. Of course, in addition to the portrayal of Jesus himself as a Euro-American, the other trouble with the picture is that a lost sheep would be dirty, panicked, Scared, maybe even injured, rather than being cuddled like a kitten, the lamb would be bound and held so as not to run away again in fear. As someone has said, in such wilderness, a lost sheep was more often than not a dead sheep. I wonder if there are any pictures of Jesus as the caretaker of a house, with a broom in one hand and a lamp in the other. Jesus standing just outside a house, face all smudged, stained around the knees, holding up that coin for all to see. No reference to a bad sheep or a bad penny, just lost. Lost followed by a diligent, determined search, then a gathering of friends and neighbors to celebrate what was lost that has now been found, rejoicing, rejoicing, always rejoicing, the lost being found, rejoicing in the wilderness, rejoicing in the house, rejoicing in the field, rejoicing within the gates of heaven. Everyone rejoicing, except those listening to Jesus. Except among the most intended audience. Except for those Who had been grumbling. Those who grumbled and said, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. I can't imagine the grumblers were convinced by the coin or the sheep. The grumbling must not have stopped. Those who were grumbling about the diligent, determined, searching grace of God, yeah, there was a lot of grumbling in the house and it wouldn't have stopped. It couldn't have stopped. It couldn't have stopped because the grumbling has never stopped. The grumbling never stops. The grumbling is all through the Gospel of Luke. In the fifth chapter, Levi, the tax collector turned disciple, gave a great banquet for Jesus in his house, and the Pharisees and the scribes complained to the other disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Later, when comparing himself to John the Baptist, Jesus quotes what some have been saying about John's own choice of company. Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. When Jesus called Zacchaeus out of that tree, when he not only had dinner with that chief tax collector, but also breathed salvation on his house that day, Luke records that all who saw it began to grumble and said he has gone to the guest to be the guest of one who is a sinner. You cannot listen to the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the prodigal son, for that matter, that follows without pondering all the grumbling. This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with with them. More often than not, when Jesus stopped to break bread and share a cup, more often than not, when Jesus stops at someone's house or stops along the way to make someone whole, More often than not, when Jesus welcomes, someone grumbles. More often than not, there's all this grumbling. Welcoming, grumbling. The two themes, the two actions in Luke. The welcome of Jesus and the grumbling of the crowds. It is sort of a literary cause and effect in Luke. Welcoming leads to grumbling the welcoming so inherent, so core, so foundational to the life and teaching of Jesus, the welcoming so at the very heart of the very heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ causes, elicits, brings out grumbling. And from the earliest days of the church until now, the grumbling at grace never stops. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 9, Be hospitable to one another without complaining be welcoming without grumbling. Yet, the grumbling never stops. The gospel never changes, and the grumbling never stops. Just when the boundary lines have been drawn between the righteous and the unrighteous, just when some have found certainty as to who is in and who is out, just as it is becoming clear who are the saints and who are the sinners, just when the sheep are on one side and the goats are on the other, just about the time when the gathered community had convinced themselves to block out any who would somehow lower the quotient of faithfulness, just when preachers and teachers and leaders have convinced themselves that they are in a position to define and chart and distribute the steadfast love of God, just when the arrogant assurance and self-righteous confidence on any and every side of the aisle has filled the house to the brim, just about the time when the church looks a lot less like the body of Christ and a lot more like a political action committee, Jesus goes, sits down at the table with a whole host of sinners. And as the grumbling reaches a level that threatens to drown out the very message and essence of the gospel, Jesus stands to tell a parable about one lost sheep and one lost coin. One sheep, one coin, One taste of the welcoming grace of God, a welcoming grace that can transform a community, a community's false and arrogant pride. One encounter with the gospel's core of grace, forgiveness and welcome can leaven a community's ability to welcome sinners and can break down a community's lust for self-righteousness. One, the one soul who finds themselves stiff and sore from wandering in the world's wilderness The one child of God who finds themselves bounced around and tossed heads and tails by the powers and principalities, one lost is found. One finds eternal light amid the dark despair. One leans on the strength divine amid the endless struggle for peace. One finds the love of God washing over them afresh as if for the first time. One claims resurrection hope amid the painful reality of death. The healing, life-giving, Grace celebrating, welcoming community of God's people. Called out from the world's grumbling and called to be the church, the body of Christ. The body of Christ wholly dependent on the mighty power of God and the experience of that one. The body of Christ dependent on the gift of the Holy Spirit and that one taste of God's grace. An environment dependent upon the blessed sovereignty of God and that one witness to the abundance of God's mercy the diligent, determined searching of Christ and the unrelenting, never-ending welcome that is so inherent, so core, so foundational, so fundamental at the very heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The body of Christ infused with the hospitality and inclusion that is dependent not just on Jesus, but on each one of us. One sheep, one coin, the searching grace of God Friends and neighbors call together, community redefined, and the rejoicing stretches from the wilderness to the house to the field, to the sanctuary to the very heart of God. And still, and yet, the grumbling never stops. You and I know the grumbling never stops. A careful listener this morning, may have caught that I have not referred to the grumblers anywhere in this sermon as the scribes and the Pharisees, only the crowds. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus, Luke writes, and the Pharisees and scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. My intentional reference to the grumbling crowds is for a few different reasons. There had to be those in and near the house who didn't bear the title of Pharisee or scribe that were grumbling about Jesus and his embrace of sinners. And Dr. Shane Berg taught me a long time ago that the tradition has been too hard on the scribes and Pharisees. The gospel narratives and the life of Jesus ought not to be reduced to stereotypes and typecasting, a preaching, teaching, commentary approach that washes the gospel free of one's own conviction and self-reflection. One's own sin. And most of all, to limit the grumbling at grace to the Pharisees and the scribes makes it all the easier now, now, to point the finger at someone else's grumbling. If there's anything that can be said about life in the church writ large these last few years, there's more than enough grumbling going around in each and every corner. And Jesus stands up tells the one about the sheep and the one about the coin. Yes, the grumbling never stops, but Jesus never will either. His determined, diligent searching, his unrelenting, never-ending welcome that is so inherent, so core, so foundational, so fundamental to his witness, his teaching, his gospel, it never Ever stops so when you find yourself so tired of the grumbling when you find yourself your own self grumbling and wanting people to get off the lawn of your own faith walk when all the grumbling is just too much take a breath wait and then pray come Lord Jesus And wait again for the one about the lost sheep and the one about the lost coin. Thanks be to God.